Is this there's the show already? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> there's one thing, yeah. If there's one thing more vital than uh, than healing wounds, it's the ability to type. No, I think so. I think that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think this is probably already the show. So it's uh, it's, it's Doom Ray, and we're recording on <laughs> Sunday for uh, for once. Um, on yes, seventeenth of March. There is a reason for it, though. Yes, it's not it's not just laziness. Not not just laziness. For once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the reason the reason and the reason is that uh, Sunday comes after Saturday. Yes, and Saturday was um, well. I've seen it called many different names, but memorabilia in Birmingham or MCM Comic Con, whichever, whichever. And when I say many, I mean two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah so, um, well, the reason we we put the show off until today was really that we thought with this coming up on Saturday. Um, and with it being a very quiet week in the news, as it were, um, we we thought we'd we'd put it off and just hope that we saw th- interesting things, um, and we did. So it was it was a it was an educated gamble that pulled off, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, you met some uh, rather interesting people, didn't you, Mister Shaw? Yeah, I think we all. I think we all did. I, I, had, a long, I had a long conversation with the lovely Eileen Dietz, um, who uh, who's, who's best, who's obviously an actress in lots of things, but but best of all known for her uh, uncredited part as Pazuzu in The Exorcist. So yes. A, you know, as I'm, I'm a huge a huge fan of The Exorcist. Um, <laughs> That was that was particularly uh, a thrill to uh, to to have a long chat with her, and uh, and get some photographs signed and and so on. And your daughter got a free photograph. She did. My daughter got a free photograph, and and uh, there was lots of lots of choices of stills that she could have signed. And I and I kind of thought maybe she'd pick a Planet of the Apes uh, still from the TV series. And, uh, and but, but no, she was insistent. You trained that, her well. <laughs> she was insistent that uh, Reagan vomiting um, was the one that she wanted. So we have that, <laughs> we have, we have that lovely picture now. <laughs> Probably put it, uh, frame it, and put it next to my daughter's bedside. I think. <laughs> well, she, um, she's in the room actually. She's shaking her head. <laughs> but it is, a, it is a rather, rather nice picture and uh, a nice message on it. <laughs> a nice message. A nice, a nice message written on it. Yeah, I was going to say. Not it's just not the vomiting. Vis- visually, it's not a good it's message. It's a striking image, though. And I think that uh, I, I, I had to go for the uh, the classic one of the the, the outtake makeup reel that uh, that was used in the in the dream sequence in Karis's dream sequence in yeah. the Exorcist. And I think it's, it's incredibly striking image even though it wasn't originally destined for the movie um, it looks it looks a little bit like the spirit of jazz from the mighty bush <laughs> well <laughs> you can see how it's influenced lots and lots of things yeah no definitely yeah, definitely so, so that was a thrill but we uh, you know wandering around the show yesterday we we uh, we met quite a few interesting um, companies, interesting folks, lots of very friendly folks and lots of yeah, yeah. A- alongside lots of people dressed very badly as Pikachu <laughs> Well, the, the the nice thing about kind of comic cons and stuff is, um, you know, well, it's it's like any anything really. I guess if pe- like minded people are put in the same room, they they tend to get on pretty well. Um, and um, what we met people from all kinds of different companies that were were more than happy to talk about what they did and how they did it and why they did it. And um, you know, I, I think you know, for me, kind of the personal highlights 
were um, were meeting the guys from um, Headshot Clothing, who were who were really lovely, um, and um, well, we're, we're going to get a podcast interview with them um, sometime soon, by the sounds of it. Um, and they're a, they're a company that make uh, kind of uh, they both work. They're two guys who work for. Um, various high street fashion labels and uh they've <laughs> they've rebelled and uh in this in their spare time make very cool uh zombie themed t-shirts yeah some good um, stuff there actually just looking on their site it's headshotclothing.com yeah yeah um, some fant- and and they they populated uh, or infected the uh, the show floor itself with a with a range of zombies wandering around yeah, yeah. No, it was, I, I thought they they were really nice blokes. I mean, even down to I, you know, I when I was choosing my size of a t-shirt, he just said, "Well, I'll take it home if it doesn't if it doesn't fit, send us it back and we'll send you another one." So, I thought I can't really argue with that. <laughs> Stuart from Agents of Evolution picked up a, a rather fetching Evil Dead shirt, which is uh, which is on their site now, which is um, kind of kind of new theme Evil Dead. Uh, and there's a uh, there's a gorgeous Dawn of the Dead shirt right next to it on the uh, into the designs on the site as well. Yeah, there's some quite some, nice. There's some, some quite... images up from uh, the Comic Con. Yeah. yeah, I saw that there was a nice one of a guy dressed as Rick Grimes with a magnum. Uh, po- pointed at a zombie's head, which is always always a very nice thing to see. Um, but no, and, and you know there, there was all kinds of stuff. Um, one of my personal highlights was um, meeting the chaps um, who spent their time custom building R two D two robots. Oh, um, fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, from from the UK R two D two Builders Club. Um, yeah, the, uh, called astromech.net Yeah, um, online. And um, you know what? One of my favourite things was the incorporation of R two D two into the Union Jack, and I think we should probably start a petition to, to officially, yeah. To, yeah, to have that actually introduced into to represent the Jedi population of uh, the United Kingdom. Yeah, um, that's fair. I think so. There's a large proportion of us, um, but yeah, no, there was there was some really exciting stuff, and I think you know some of the so we saw some very nice rare um, figurines and stuff. Uh, the I thought the um, Disney Star Wars crossover stuff we found, although is it now deemed a crossover? <laughs> it may actually become uh, the official characters, I guess, from uh, from 2015 or onwards. If um, if if there is, I I will put it out there. If there is a Donald Duck Darth Maul in Star Wars Episode Seven, <laughs> I believe every penny was well spent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it would so, be, but I guess I guess Princess Leia is officially incorporated into the into the Disney princesses canon now. So. Yes, I think so. I think so. Um, well, it's it's funny actually because I managed to. Um, we'll put up we'll put up the uh, the photographs somewhere. Um, but um, one of my favourite photographs I got was I managed to get a photograph of um, a um, Endor scout trooper, Princess Leia, and Indiana Jones on an escalator. <laughs> which is uh, not something which, you see every day well in my world it is but it might, it might not be something you see every day <laughs> but yeah no it was it was quite interesting and i got arrested by a stormtrooper um for calling him fat um <laughs> to be fair yeah if you're gonna it, yeah and if you're gonna dress like a stormtrooper 
you know, you're asking for it, really. All I said was, you're a little big for a stormtrooper, aren't you? And he got all offended. <sighs> some people. The Imperials have no sense of humour. No, that's the problem. It's it's hard to have a sense of humour and single-handedly rule the universe, though, I think. I guess so. Um, you know, you have to... You have to kind of set those boundaries. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I think, you know, the um, one of the nice things was was to kind of see people um, brought together from kind of all scales, all parts of the sci-fi geek universe into one lovely place. Because normally they, they try and draw battle lines, don't they? Star Trek fans and Star Wars fans and Doctor Who fans. So it was quite nice. Quite nice to see them all getting on. <laughs> yeah, once a year. Oh, is it once a year now or twice a year? Uh, when how often they run this thing? Um, I think it's twice a year. Yeah, I, I think. think it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and um, you know, really, what what was nice from kind of my my standpoint is we've we've managed to line up a good few shows that will be because <clears throat> it's it's interesting because we went to record a show. And we ended up coming back with material for probably, you know, with contacts for probably the next five weeks. Mm. Um, well, the recording thing was a nice idea, but as soon, when you get there and, and you suddenly realise that that the people you want to talk to are right next to uh, yeah, like a robot war uh, life <laughs> or or someone you know or, or some or someone use it using a tannoy or a PA system, uh, and it just becomes really hard because because it's a busy place and it's hard to pull guys away from their their stalls for even five minutes um so i think that's just that's just you know common sense really a lesson lesson to be learned um but uh but no i think i think it is a making the contacts and 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 seeing these people and it's nice when people turn out to be local as well um so yeah definitely. So the the guys from uh big is it big chief let me just have a look big chief yeah. studios.co.uk so this is yeah. a so this is a birmingham company is that right yeah they are yeah Okay. Yeah. So well, they're, they're based in Marsden Green, aren't they? Yeah, so it's not um, far, not far from Birmingham, and 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 some fantastic uh, licensed Doctor Who, uh, both paintings, prints of paintings, um, and beautiful collectors' edition figures. Well, the, the, to me, I mean, they were they were the standout for the show. I mean, I I well, we walked past and. You know, we stopped. It, it stopped us dead in our tracks. And um, you know, type them in now. If anybody's listening, you know, type in Big Chief and the, ChiefStudios.co.uk. The, the 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 David Tennant one, especially because they did four, they had four four all together. They had Matt Smith, uh, Tom Baker, uh, David Tennant, and um, the lovely, lovely. Lovely Carrigan, <laughs> um, so uh, as Amelia Pond, and um, uh, I, I just thought they were they were just incredible. I mean, it, it's funny because one of my good friends is a stop motion animator and uh, is a very gifted sculptor, and I, I just I was blown away by them, and I think he he. I sent him the link, and he was just blown away. By and I think you, you know they, they look fantastic in photographs, but um, I think I think it's when you get really really close to them uh, that you really see um, the, the detail. I mean, the, the degree of detail and care that's gone into the, the, their construction is bordering on on clinically obsessive. Well, um, yeah, I mean, they, they showed us um, Matt Smith, and on the back of his trousers, 
they'd stitched in the right number of buttons, the right pocket types and you know even when you noted down to the the tweed in his jacket was to scale and they'd done it by digitally printing yeah. the material i mean they, they were so, so you, you can get really really close to these things and i'm looking at some of the close-up details on on the site now um you can get really really close and it's it, it it's hard to read the scale in the way that you can read them from uh, you know a, your average action figure because because they're, everything is that much smaller and more detailed and it, therefore therefore it's hard to tell whether these things are 12 inches or 30 inches or, or, yeah. or you know or, or full size <laughs> no not maybe not full size but it's, <laughs> it's very very close to being um, accurate detail and, and as i was saying you know you can, while they're getting these things uh, made in in china uh, the, mm. the fabrics made and so on they can't actually pr um, weave a tweed at that kind of scale so so the digital printing is is coming in so the combination of kind of real uh, the digital technologies and the real handmade care i mean it's it's, it's clear um that that so much is um, is hand done yeah um and down to and we commented didn't we i talked about to them about whether they were using 3D uh, scanning for anything, and they're saying that they they had used 3D scanning for some of the accessories, like like the sonic screwdriver. Yeah but, yeah. but for the face details, the face sculpts, the head sculpts, they they felt that the 3D scanning that we're seeing on some of these mm. uh, kind of figures doesn't capture the kind of life and dynamism of the of real people. But it's funny because because the the figures themselves are all a, a very slight caricature um, of the characters. Um, and I wouldn't have noticed that until he pointed it out. And it, mm. it's clear that, that um, you know, what he was saying was that that 3D scanning um, almost killed the the features of the face. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think even down to, for me, it was that level of detail where um, the inside of Matt Smith's uh, jacket um the pocket was functioning to hold the sonic screwdriver <laughs> you know yeah. because you know and it, it was they were just incredible and you know we've we we got talking to them and they said that um they'd be more than happy for us to go over and and you know go through the process with them and yeah, i think that'd be a fantastic show yeah it would and and i think you know for me i i said to them that um last summer i had the privilege of going to mckillen and saunders um up, up up north up near manchester and um they you know they're, they're the world's best um really and i don't i don't think many people would argue with that and i think um you know i can't, I can't talk about everything i saw but that you know the things that i saw in terms of like frank and weenie and you know those kind of um you know those kind of uh maquettes and armatures yeah. these these stood up alongside them yeah, these could have almost been uh, that kind of quality of of, um, of miniature that was destined for being being filmed in stop motion. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, but it's interesting and, what we're saying there about you know the faces and about the three D because I'm really I'm really intrigued by this whole area because a few years ago it seemed like perhaps 3d printing 3d scanning together we're going to absolutely revolutionize the, this whole world of kind of collectible figure figures um dolls shall we say mm. and uh, and and that in some way what, what would be lost was that 
that skill that we've seen, you know, going all the way through from, I guess, uh, pre-Star Wars, the original Star Wars, yeah, of, of making larger sized sculpts and then having them um, reduced mechanically down to the, the actual scale of the figure and mm. then and then cast making them in, in plastic and and so on making the molds and so on and then and then painting them but from that that that, that information you know we're hearing hearing there is, uh, and i think it's absolutely right that that when you scan something like like a photograph really it it doesn't capture everything about the essence of what we think of as that person that there's yeah, some it, kind there's some kind of soul or humanity that comes from maybe from the fact that it's moving maybe from the fact that it's we see it blurred often and we kind of and we half remember certain things and and these these um, figures these these handmade sculpts really capture our, our memory of david tennant or our memory of uh, of matt smith ra rather than the accurate exact truth yeah yeah no and and i think you know even down to um he was talking about uh the, the burgundy of tom of tom baker's um jacket mm. uh well coat and he was saying that um they're making it a deeper a deeper red a deeper burgundy than it actually is because people remember it you know, as this kind of deeper colour. And I think it, it's interesting. Like, well, we see, we see it lit, don't we? We, we see yeah, it yeah. through the medium of TV, through the lighting, through the camera. And the one thing that I will say that, that astounds me is, I mean, to say that they're cheap at £169.99, um, but I was expecting them to be in the £300 mark. I, I wouldn't have been surprised, actually. I, I was expecting definitely to be over the 200 mark um yeah. and and towards 300 w wouldn't have surprised me at all so so to see that it's 169.99 for the tenant one um limited edition limited one per customer you know shipping quarter three but um, even that even that's nice i like so. i like the fact that they they cap it so it, it's it's for people who want that figure it's not that you know they they don't want people to be collecting these and storing them and then selling them ten years down the line. Yeah, you know, but they want it to be a very exclusive thing. Right? This is this is really dangerous because I'm looking at this site now and I'm and I'm so hovering over the pre-order button, <laughs> so almost there. I, th so, I my think daughter's they're... shaking her head at me. <laughs> but I'm sure she, if, I, if it was the if it was the Amy Pond figure, she'd be she'd be nodding, wouldn't she? Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe a vague nod. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, I, I I just think you know to to the guys at Big Chief, I just I I cannot say enough about them. But also how nice it was that um, it wasn't just a sales pitch. They wanted to talk about the processes that they went through. They wanted to talk, you know, that they, they yeah, took us. These guys are fans, aren't they? They're absolutely, yeah. absolutely yeah, into yeah. into the whole thing. I mean, even down to the the lit number on the base. For the tenth Doctor and mm -hmm. you know all, all that kind of stuff was, yeah. was just, yeah, and it was just it was such a night you know everything was so nicely detailed, and um, you know they they were they were figurines for fans by fans and that, I think that was really nice to see, um, and the fact that they're from Birmingham is just a a nice little plus, um. But yeah, and and um, apart from that, you know, there was, I mean, the thing is with these things is, there's you you have to kind of siphon siphon through the uh, 
the 4.6 million emos dressed as Finn from Adventure Time to try to try and, to try and get to the good stuff. But yeah, you know, the, and the Pikachu onesies. Yeah, which isn't an that's not a costume. No, it's, that not isn't a, a costume. it's not well, there's a costume. There's a lot there that wasn't a costume, and I mean that's not. This is not to you know. It's hard, isn't it? Because we don't. I'm not. I'm not a kind of fanboy to that. I'm a costume kind of person, but. But it, I could, even I can tell the difference between someone who's who cares about this enough to have selected the pieces or built pieces for a real a real costume, real cosplay kind of approach, mm. and people who've just gone, oh yeah, I'll just paint something yellow and stick it on my head. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and you know, okay, there's there's room for it. There's room for all of that, and we shouldn't we shouldn't be sniffy because because anyone can get into we these should. things. We should. <laughs> you think we should? We should. Is that, is that official doom policy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, if there's if there's one thing that's allowed, it's snobbery. Um, <laughs> at, at the, at the very least, isn't it? Because because at the same time, you've got to you've got to kind of always always keep in mind that these things is it's, it's a it's a niche thing in itself, and and in the world at large, people are into people who are into sci-fi, people who are into comic books, maybe video games to a lesser extent, uh, are considered niche and outside of the mainstream, and often kind of derided in some in some sense so the, the fact that people you know people can get into this it, it shouldn't be sniffy once inside it no, but, but I, I, there's a little bit of kind of effort i think i think would would be nice <laughs> i think you know my objection to it is is that it's it's not outside of culture anymore you i think mainly down to the big bang theory um well no actually the the kind of initial starts of Geek Chic were, was Seth Cohen from um, from the OC. Because I remember being in sixth form and being the uncool one. Um, you know, and, well, I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't bullied or anything. But it was just, yeah, you, you know, should have been. I, I, I should have. What were they but, doing? But my, gener my generous size probably helped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In fact, you played rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a weird mix, you know, playing Macbeth, in the school play, playing rugby and then playing chess at lunchtime. Um, but, um, you know, and, and I, I remember kind of, you know, being kind of sniffed at for reading comic books and playing board games. I mean, not by everybody, but just, you know, people didn't get it. And I, I kind of object to the fact that, that people are fine with it now. I kind of, I guess it's like when, when people... Um, you know, look back and their child is socially accepted for something that made them not socially acceptable. You're kind of like, I, I, this is ridiculous. They must go through what I went through, through the struggles that I went through. But I think, um, yeah, it's weird because I think, you know, the, the thing that kind of freaks me out is so, so many of these, um, of the, of the people there, it's kind of, um, because I think for me, you know, what my my love of comic books, my love of board games, whatever, you know, it's through. Um, I, I love the characters, I love the stories, um, I love kind of the mechanics and strategy of board games. Whereas I, I think now there is a definite kind of set that just think it's cool to to be a geek and don't kind of necessarily. Um, you know, they, they they don't kind of. It sounds weird, but I, I, I don't know why I get offended by it. Because if everybody read comic books, the world would be a better place. But I just think you know, it's that kind of idea of. It's like with music. You know, you 
um, you kind of get this this thing where uh, styles and trends kind of change all the time. You get it in everything, I guess. But I, I, I object to the fact that it's cool to be a comic book fan. <laughs> I think what's uh, yeah, I, I think we have, you have to be careful about that because you don't want to exclude people from, from it. But at the same time, I think I think there is. There's a sense in which you also don't want people to give that culture a bad name. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly. If people are popping into that once a year, or maybe they're going along to the uh, um, to memorabilia because they're maybe sports memorabilia fans. um, That that if they're seeing their impression of film and comic book culture might be might be really if affected by what they see there and if they're if they're seeing a bunch of kind of kind of people who just just there kind of seem to be messing around and just uh, and don't seem to be serious about the whole uh, about well i don't i mean i mean serious but you know don't seem to be really in it for uh for genuine reasons who seem to be having a, having a bit of a laugh at that kind of the, the whole expense of it yeah it's, it's almost um, it's almost it a mocking yeah yeah and, and i think that's that's the thing for me was you know when when you go to these things there's there's loads of kind of cosplayers that just sit outside the event, just kind of messing around. And I kind of think it's weird because it's almost, it is belittling it all. And I am completely aware that it's fickle, ridiculous, um, you know, like comic books are, are, you know, I'm, I wouldn't kill somebody for a comic book. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But it's that kind of idea of this is something I kind of love and feel very passionately about and it's being made light of. Mm. And yeah, I, think, I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, but, you know, I guess it, it, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that I, I guess, you know, when I used to go to kind of comic cons five, ten years ago, that, that didn't really exist. And it's, yeah. it's weird that it's kind of a, a, a new thing that's happening. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I... I kind of like the fact I like the fact that people are into into stuff if that you know that, that maybe I went through a period of liking things and and it wasn't uh, it wasn't as cool and and that more people are into it but you do want them to kind of like it for the right kind of reasons it's a bit like when you know I I was a, a Mac user uh, all the way through from I guess 86 I'm mm. showing my age, you know, uh, yeah. from from eighty six onwards. Before so, the year yeah. I was born, you old <laughs> old man. <laughs> and um, uh, and I guess we we liked we we used Apple uh, computers and devices through the dark times. You know? Yeah, <laughs> when, yeah. When, it, when it was really really hard to to keep using them, and there was a and we. I really had to fight fight the corner for it, and and so you know it, the fact that it, that they're really successful now is fantastic, um, but we don't want it to be for the wrong reasons. We don't want it to be that people think, oh, you know, everyone likes Apple just because they're trendy or because they're shiny on the outside or they have pretty colours. You know, that there are some real good solid reasons for liking mm. this stuff, and it's not because it's it's kind of elitist or anything like that. So I guess it's a similar thing. Yeah, and then, you know, for me, it's that thing of with, um, you know, the thing that that kind of gets to me, I guess, is that I see a lot of comic book studios beginning to cater to that, to mm. to to that kind of person, and I th- it's you know, it's like maybe they Apple, have to, they have to, yeah, well, to survive. maybe they do, but you know, I think well, it's like with Apple, you know, if they if they just turned around and said, okay, well, thanks. Everybody forgetting us here, but um, you know we're gonna we're gonna ignore everything we've done in the past, 
and do everything you hate. We're going to make a massively complex OS. The user interface is going to be horrible. Mm. You know, it's a, we're going to concentrate on or raw processing. Were, or if they were just, yeah, or they were just going to say, well, you know, people, people some people imagine that Apple are just about uh, colors and surface, so we'll just start uh, re reskinning existing stuff or we'll take yeah, yeah. Uh, you know we'll take windows or whatever we'll reskin it linux or something or, or if or, apple made a gaming rig hmm, yeah that 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 to me it, it's that kind of level of just kind of well this isn't what got you here and i just think you know with with kind of a lot of the comic book stuff like <laughs> like just dc just going okay the new 52 which actually weirdly quite a lot of it is quite good but it's just that idea of just like we don't care if you've been reading these storylines for 10 years we're scrapping it all and we're starting again it's just, yeah. it seems a little bit kind of you know well because i and, and it is that it's weird but you know comic book readers have this kind of rites of passage where you're never going to you're never going to go, I think I'm going to start reading comics and just manage to get in at the beginning of a series. Like, that's just never going to happen. So it's this, it's this quite, it, you know, for well, me... I was, I'm old enough and lucky enough, as I was saying yesterday, to have, to have been there when, the, when my newsagents didn't have my regular comic order <laughs> and had instead UK number one of Mighty World of Marvel. So, you know, I was lucky enough to step into it on that very day. Yeah, and but you know, okay, so there is one person in the history of mankind. No, but, you know, and I do think it's that thing of part of part of the kind of nice thing about getting into comic books is is that kind of discovery of of reading different things and trying to kind of find which series you like, which series you don't like. You know, and I just think. I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of object to just that idea that a company just goes, "Okay, we'll scrap it all, and we'll just start again." And I, it just—I don't know. Maybe it's just the big comic book snob in me. You know, I think you're at a certain age. You know, when when actually you sit kind of you, you're older than the new fans and younger than the really old fans and uh, the really old <laughs> fans have been through that stuff time and time again are a bit more sort of sanguine about the whole they're a bit more relaxed about it and uh, uh, but uh, yeah but you're old enough to uh, to be able to say to people i when i were a lad this uh, <laughs> this would never have happened I, I don't think i'm old enough to say when i were a lad I just, <laughs> i'd like i'd like to think that's a good 20 30 years off yet <laughs> <laughs> but no and you know so i, I think you know, really, this this may seem kind of like um, like a bit of a bitty show, but I, th I think you know the, the main thing is is that yesterday we we have lined up some really exciting stuff, and I think you know over the next you know few few weeks it will be there will be some really interesting stuff and stuff that you won't hear in well that, that I can't imagine you'd hear in many of the places. Mm. Um, well, I'm looking forward to meeting some of these guys. Uh, we're talking definitely. I, I want to so the the R the R two unit the R two D two Builders Club. Yeah. I, I've seen them a couple of times at these at these things and never really spoken to them. But that the the degree of we're just speaking to uh, one of them yesterday. Um, the degree of care and, and real skill and engineering that goes into this stuff. It's just like, how do you get to to both have a love for for Star Wars and be so talented at the same time? Well, I um, I loved. We were talking to um to the one guy. Uh, what was his name? 
I'm going. He's. I, I'm. I feel really bad because I can't remember his name. I'll. I'll remember. But um. And you know, he was saying, "Oh, it's just. It's just a I, little I'll, bit I'll of code." You, I think. I think his name is um, online name is Big Happy Dude. Brilliant. Brilliant. Can we just can we just call him that? Yeah. Forever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, you know, I I really like the the, that kind of it's that it's that usual thing, isn't it? With with coders, they're always so talented that things are just oh, it's just a bit of code, just just a bit of code to make it fling a lightsaber across the room. (laughs) Brad Oakley, that was his name. Okay, Brad. Yeah, big happy dude. I think that's him. (laughs) <laughs> but no, no, you know, I thought, you know, to the nice thing as well was again, the one thing that I liked about that that kind of group of guys was they did it for the love. It wasn't for money. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a commercial thing. It was just an idea of, you know, it's a it's a hobbyist society, isn't it? Um, and that. The the one that Brad Oakley had built again. We'll try and get some photographs up, but um, it was all um, matte silver and then highly polished silver, and it was stunning. Um, and if I was going to have an R two unit to sit in the back of my X wing or Y wing, I prefer to be a Y wing pilot. Um, I would choose the big silver one. <laughs> No, it was absolutely beautiful. No, it was, yeah. and, and really, just to call, to call it like a hobbyist thing just doesn't really capture the level no, of scale. It's, it's, These are en- just, this is yeah. engineering of the finest, or the highest order of small scale engineering. To be, uh, let's be honest, if we're going to anger one group of people, engineer, engineers aren't the ones because if they can build a robot, you know, with good intentions, imagine what they can do with evil intentions. So, uh, yeah, we won't call them hobbyists. <laughs> We'll edit that out just in case they. No, <laughs> no it's okay. Um, in case they use their R two D two robots for awesome instead of good. Um, but no, I, you know, it, it looked like if Mac built an R two unit, it would. They'd uh, well, if Apple built an R two unit. Um, but yeah, no. So I think um, yeah. Well, with it all, I mean, it, it was on today, so. We we could have done this yesterday and informed people and they could have gone running off down. But um, you're too late. It's finished. <laughs> um, the show has passed. Um, so yeah, and I think you know the, the really the only other kind of thing that happened this week that might be worth talking about, although it was kind of a crossover from last week, was the uh, the Sim City launch. Yes. The uh, or, or non, or non-launch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. So tell us about that. Well, I I use the term um, launch um, loosely um, because essentially what happened was they released the single most broken game in the history of mankind. Um, And um, it was so bad um, that I I read the other day that EA were giving away free games to say sorry. and there was there was um server issues and um loading issues and massive game ending bugs and i saw i saw one video of a guy who'd managed to load the game up kind of it it looked to be working okay and then he'd built one house which just spanned continuously for about forty minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, so the issue with this this version is that unlike previous versions, it requires online all the time, doesn't it? it, it yeah, yeah. You, you're connected permanent permanently to a server, and in order to build anything, you have to you have to be online. And this is, strikes me. I was just talking to talking to Stuart about it. It, it just strikes us as, as completely counterintuitive for for well, SimCity. It, to me, it's it's one of those. I mean, SimCity is one of those games that if you're going to stay in a cottage in West Wales for a week, you take a copy of SimCity with you because you go, this doesn't need online and I can sit and get lost in it for hours and hours on end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I I think, because I don't know know why EA did it, that, you know, this idea of this kind of permanent online idea. The the speculation, or or more than, I'm guessing, the kind of informed speculation around this is that that it's entirely about uh, piracy. Piracy, yeah. But but the thing is, is that, you know, I get this idea of kind of they need to fight piracy. Um, But at the expense of your reputation and your game, Hmm. you know, you you have to kind of weigh it up. And I, I don't like this idea of... Um, this assumption that that computers are tethered now, like I don't I don't like that assumption by by anybody. You know, like the majority of people I know spend the majority of their time in a computer on a tablet replaced with the word iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an iPhone or a laptop. You know, I I don't know many people apart from kind of seriously hardcore gamers that that sit there with you know, with with a PC rig chugging away. And I, I kind of think, you know, so the fact that I can't play this on a train, um, you know, I can't. It just... Yeah, it's, it strikes me as a completely counterintuitive move. I mean, and, and, and just a sign that, that they've, They've forgotten what makes the game great. Because, I, I, I mean, my, my history with SimCity goes all the way back to the first version on the Mac. Um, and I was playing it on a... Uh, PowerBook uh, 140, uh, the kind of the second, the um, in the first range of PowerBooks, there were, there were three models, and the second, the, the, mid, the middle model was the 140. Um, and did it uh, did it use a lot of coal? Was it? Was it... <laughs> it, it did. You, you had to um, you, you had to stoke it up and wind a handle every so often. But it, you know, it's a really nice machine. And um, and I used to. It wasn't my. It didn't belong to me. It belonged to uh, my work colleague. And I. I but I used to frequently borrow the machine and take it take it home and and I was, I was at the time of taking it home to this is back in this will be in the i don't know the early 90s i guess in 1990 1991 mm. um and i was taking it back to a place that of course i didn't have internet access there we we barely had it at, had it at work we um, you know at that time um and uh and we were, yeah, but it was something that we could play, something we could we could just we could just sit there and um, as, you, as you say, I could I could spend the whole evening just constructing a city, mm. so Sim City and Sim and also to a to a lesser extent Sim Earth um, and the same thing, and then getting it later a, a very very similar version, slightly slightly upgraded with with color on the on my Palm uh, VX. Uh, and, and again, no no internet connection, no online with any of these devices, mm. and, and just that that ability to get lost in it and just see what you could do. Um, well, the, I, I think this this to me though it it kind of touches on a wider issue in gaming, which um, 
you know, I, I'm quite a sociable chap, you know, if you get me on my right day. But, um, you know, I have this real thing about about kind of online online gaming in, in that there are a few games I like to play online. There are, you know, there are, you know, I'm, I'm um, partial to a little bit of a, you know, Halo online or something. But, mm. but to, to me, gaming is, is a very personal thing and a very kind of private thing, I guess. I, 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 I play games in the same way as most people read books. And that for me, it's that kind of, I've got an hour, I've got an hour's kind of free time and I want to sit down and get lost in something. Mm. Um, and that is why really, and I, I don't know whether it's, I'm just at this, the kind of right age where, or, or I'm the last of, of that kind of generation or generations where gaming was offline. Mm. Um, but to me, I, I like this, like Nina Cooney mm. is a game that I've got utterly, utterly lost in. And, one of the reasons that I get completely immersed in that world, um, and let's not forget that immersion is pretty much the single function of computer games. Well, um, certainly, certainly of a large proportion of them. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, for me, one of the big things that kind of locks me into that world is I don't have a 14-year-old screaming down my ear. I don't have, you know, in-app <laughs> purchases oh, or in-game in-game downloads there's a show, there's a show yeah. we have to do um you know i don't have kind of uh dlc updates you know it's just i am just completely locked in this world and i think you know with sim city to me it's the kind of game where you know you're making a world it's a god game that's and you know like i think of kind of black and white and those kind of games and yeah. you know civilization um and it's this kind of um you know, locking yourself away, and not in a kind of negative way, but, you know, this kind of completely getting immersed in something that, that to me, like you say, it's completely counterintuitive. For, for you know, World of Warcraft needs to be online at all times, obviously. Yeah. But I, I think... As to games, like the, the kind of casual games that are constructed around online play, things like Word, uh, yeah, um, Etterpress. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, that's, but that's a different thing to... Sim City is well, a single it'd, player it'd be, game. It'd be different if Temple Run required an internet connection to play, wouldn't it? I mean, all, you'd be locked out from just uh, playing it on your iPod Touch when you when you were outside of a of a Wi-Fi network. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that you know, I, I dread to even think that I've, I've even spoken those words now because somewhere someone is thinking, yes, we'll we'll make will make internet can access uh, compulsory to even play uh, yeah. something like Temple Run, and this is this is something that EA seem to be um, uh, yeah, very very keen on doing. But the, the thing is, is that you know I don't I don't want to just make it about kind of hating on EA because EA are you know they they do a lot of really kind of stellar games, mm. um, and it, if if they're not all developed in house, then they publish them, and they you know they. They do a lot of good things, but for for a studio that rarely puts a foot wrong, because um, you know they are the biggest studio in the world. Well, the, them and kind of Activision Blizzard, but I think um, you know it was just a weird decision, and uh, and uh, I think you know there was um, I I think it was Lucy Bradshaw who um, 
was the general manager of SimCity. I, I think I'm going to have to check this. But she called. She she came out and said, "Okay, we agree that was dumb." That was her, that was her official line yeah, about is, the launch. Yes, yeah, so Ea is Lucy Bradshaw. What did she say? Acknowledges SimCity quote stumbled out of the gate with our service. Yeah. But do you know, like, if I was the head of that company, I'd be going, God, what has she said? Well, you know, at least that's one thing, isn't it? It's one thing to admit it, and and I'm, I'll look up another article because there's a, a very smart article came out just after this saying, you know, okay. It's great to admit it, but you've got you've got to fix it. And this is a yeah, it's yeah. not about it's not about just making some patches to it. This is a serious thing about about a, a, an approach to games. But you um, see, that to me is... as well is is another massive issue in gaming. I <clears throat> I am becoming increasingly annoyed by this kind of idea of day one patching, mm. where they they release a game semi broken. I mean, the classic example is I am the biggest fan of Bethesda. You will meet. I love all the Elder Scrolls games. I love uh, what they did with Fallout. You know, I absolutely adore them as a studio. But the release of of Elder Scrolls on uh, Skyrim on the PlayStation was, you know, it was patched and patched and patched and patched and patched, and it still doesn't work. And I remember when, you know, I remember um, Ocarina of Time being delayed like a year and a half. And I I don't mind that. I don't no, mind. No, absolutely. I think delay, much, delay I, and get it right. Yeah, yeah rather, no, rather definitely. Than launching it broken. Yeah. And it, but it's it, that seems to be an acceptable norm in the games industry now, where um, you know, like I hear it in reviews where they say, "Oh, it's a bit buggy, but it'll probably get patched soon enough." And it's yeah. like, but that, that's not that, that's that shouldn't be acceptable. So, you know. on, so on the Mac version of SimCity, EA said a while ago, you know, we're we're not going to launch it at the same time. We want to get it right. We want to uh, we're doing a proper version rather than a port. This is a native rewrite for the, for the Mac, mm. um, which which is you know that's that's good stuff. You know, I'm glad to hear that, and and, and I'm even more glad now that uh, you know we've had all, seen all the problems with the, with the PC release, um, and I'm. Hopeful that uh, that that things will have changed by the time the Mac release comes along. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure it will. I mean, if, if there's one thing EA has its resources, so I'm sure it will get will get fixed. But you know, to, to me, I just like Rockstar North, who were an incredible studio and very very rarely put a foot wrong. Um, took. What will be, you know, I'll put it out there now, it will be the biggest game of this generation of console, um, you know, Grand Theft Auto V. And they, and they said, um, we're putting it back six months mm. because we want to iron it out. And, you know, for that, you know, they'd started the marketing campaigns. It was, um, you know, it will be the biggest launch of this generation of console, which will probably mean it will be the biggest launch um for for the rest of time because people are you know get the people the way people are gaming and stuff is changing so i think you know this this will kind of set the bar and it just won't get beaten and i think um you know for for them to if if they can turn around with pretty much the you know the most anticipated game of the year and say we're putting it back six months um you know more studios should take note of that i think yeah um and i i think you know as well with with um you know with with kind of app culture and app gaming and the way that that's kind of changed the the gaming world um i think you know the the idea of 
if I'm going to pay £30 for a game, £40 for a game, £55 for a game, mm. I want it to be to be finished. I want it to be, you know, perfect. I Because I, I can accept if I pay 69p for something on the App Store and it doesn't yeah. work 100%. Yeah. But, you know, they, these are massive titles. They are huge, huge. You know, they're, they're, they're spending... You know, fifty million easily on these things. You know, and you should be getting it right. And you should, you should, as a studio, I think, have you owe it to a community. And that's the thing as well with a game like SimCity. It will have such a diehard, strong community, and you will live and die by that community. If you don't, if you don't cater to that community and and do it right, then the game will die. Um. So yeah, no, rant, rant over. So good, good yes. show. I think that's yeah. a show. I think we can, call <laughs> we, we can we can reasonably call that a show. We ended with Kyle's rant, which is always good. Yeah, I think that's good. So we'll start setting up some setting up some of these um, talks. I'll, I'll put the links on the uh, on the, the new uh, future. Uh, sorry, Doomray page that uh, we're yes. putting, putting up on futurella.com. Um, which I'll put a link to in the uh, podcast notes as well, um, and we'll put the links uh, for the, for the show there to the companies that we're we're talking to, and um, we'll get those some of those shows recorded hopefully over the next uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, so. and um, you know I, I I do you know I'm not just saying this is kind of a useless sales pitch. I ge- I genuinely think, especially uh, the guys from Big Chief, that's really going to be worth listening to. I I am genuinely excited about it, so. I hope I hope when people see see those um, those figures that you know they they get excited about it as well. Yeah, they deserve the exposure as well. Yeah, hell yeah, they do. Yeah, they're uh, if there's a company that deserves to succeed, it's that it's those chaps. Um, so yeah, okay. Well, Excellent. goodbye everybody. Pleasure as always. <laughs> yeah, and I'll speak to you in a little bit. Okay. Right. Bye. Take bye. care. Bye bye.